see the culture still here so you know what that fucking means new york baby new york fucking vibes we showing love to all our new york folk because it took us so long to get up this motherfucker and on the latest round <laughs> also like, big shout out our second white person to ever come on this fucking podcast you know it's fucking lit out that here racial ambiguity is a beautiful thing <laughs> or is wrong he's word. been a good uh, man for a while oh, forever but uh um, basil you remember the first oh trip? for sure but oh, racial yeah, uh, that up my man come over yeah here. brad come to the front you know the fucking vibe I used the wrong word. Hey, Bradley. I'm sorry. It's good. I'm small. Social businesses. But yeah, hey, bro. This is Brad. You finally see him in person. You know, the random white guy that me and Charles tweet <laughs> all the time. I used like, the wrong word. It's not racial um, ambiguity. It is racial um, unity. There we go. Shout out to the second white guy on the High Coast podcast. So, you know, I'm, it's, it's beautiful. It's not that we don't be trying to find them. It's just the fact that we don't know. Listen, the truth is most, most right. white people are awful. Like, that's in this country. All right, best. All right, see, this is the thing. He said it now. When you got a white person like this, you got to go got You gotta, you gotta go all in. Like, you, you, you know how, like, you'd be like, I got a black friend? Well, you're the white friend. So. I'll tell you all the messy shit about my white family. <laughs> Don't go that far. <laughs> We're not here for that. But with that being said, although I would like to hear that. Hey man, in the year two thousand, in the year two thousand twenty-one, how does it feel to be a white person? I mean, let's unpack that. I've it's been compli- doing, it's complicated. I've been doing a lot because, of unpack. So it's complicated because, like, being white is very real in our society, but it's also a made-up thing that's not real. Mm. So it's like a weird thing where, like, obviously, yes, in this society, it's like built on this crazy racist structure where, like, it's all about are you white or are you black. Or, and where do you fall in the middle? You know what I mean? How, how high or low are you on the spectrum? So I get that. I've always had, I get to be a white guy. You know what I mean? But at the same time, m- most white people are far more anxious and depressed in this country than non-white people, I found. Like, it's not a very, it's not a very happy culture. Like, we talk about this. Yeah, yeah, white do. American culture, there's not much culture to it. <laughs> in my opinion. Okay, my okay. Opinion. So my thing is, like, you don't represent all white people. We don't represent all black people. He doesn't represent all Islam but people. But I studied Muslim studied them. Muslims. He doesn't re- represent the religion of Islam. I do not represent, uh, represent the uh, religion of Christianity. But we all kind of fall into these different categories. So as our representative of the whites, 
Hit me. Hit me with the white questions. I'm with it. Why, why do you think white people don't have a culture? You know, I think a lot of... I'll take that. Thank you, sir. I think a lot of it has to do with that the majority of white culture has been, like, honestly, hating black people for a very long time, and that people don't want to talk about that, but, like, even in this country, like, talk about, like, things like lynchings, or, like, uh, even when you watch, like, if a black person's in trouble on the news, like, white people get so excited about that shit. Think about how excited white people are to talk about when people get murdered in Chicago, you know? It's like a game to them. And, like, black trauma has always been one of the most exciting things for white America. And it's and profitable. Yeah, it's profitable. And it's just, like, it's a tragic thing that's just true about this country and, like, how to alter it. Fuck, I really don't know. Like, I wish I had something better, you know? Um, it's really in the water on a very, very deep level. You yeah. have... You have, I think, a very, like, um, unique, I guess, relationship with all of this. What I mean all this, I mean, like, perspective on white society, white culture, and all these things. I think white people in New York have a, have a kind of a, a unique outlook because you're in a major city that is thought of as black. But I think if we look at the demographics of New York, it's, it's far more of a like most parts in this country, a white place. So yeah. how do you like deal with that? Like a place like New York that has such a culture that is like black, immigrant, foreign, um, all those other things. And you know, you kind of being like the white guy and all of that. Well, I mean, I think, you know, in New York, I always think of it this way. New York is like, it's like 500 different cities, you know? Like, so we talk about New York, like you gotta be specific, you know? Like, so I think I got very, very lucky in the circumstances with which I was raised in. Like, I was a, I was a kid who didn't have much parental supervision. My mom was working. My dad was doing what many dads of New York do, which is like <laughs> out here and, you know, whatever, drugs, alcohol, all that shit. I didn't see him much. And so I was just in the streets I lived in. I played basketball and honestly, that's where I made all of my like earliest friendships and most people were like Dominican or black or Puerto Rican, you know, and I was the white boy and you get a very different perspective on the world. And then, you know, I also could traffic in the white world, you know, which they couldn't in the same way. I didn't understand that at the time, you know? I didn't understand that like white people were nice to me and like my friend Francisco, like white people might not really fuck with him, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that just, you know, from the beginning of my life, I was just like, yo, this is what life should be like and also you get to experience different cultures in new york and take the best little bits from all of them take all the wisdom take the best food take the best culture the dance the art you know can um, i can i be can i can i be messy that sounds like real colonizer vibes like taking the best of each part of well, new york and well okay and I, and I and maybe it is you know what i mean this may be a blind spot of mine you know but um what i would say is that like i think in this moment in time like we live in a, in a generation where it's like international. Mm. And New York is an international city. Like hip hop is the combination of basically like three major cultures. The native people of the Caribbean, native people of West Africa, and like whatever European influence you wanna say added to it, you know? Mm -hmm. So like cultures mix, that's what cultures do. You know what I mean? Now that's all that's these people sure. colonize and shit, yes. You know, all those lines blurry, yes. But at the end of the day, like we are in a postmodern society where like we've all been jumbled the fuck up with all sorts of crazy influences and um it's interesting to see what makes us feel more alive like that's what art is you know what makes mm -hmm. us touches our soul and shit mm -hmm. so like 
hip hop touched my soul from the moment I remember. Like my sister played me like Biggie when I was five and six, and like that's what I related to, you know. And like I don't know necessarily why, like, but some of the themes, like having a drug addict for a father, like having a crazy mother, being poor, like I lived in New York, like mm. I. Like, talk about DMX. Like, oh, you saw see the Rough Riders fucking street teams go up and down the, my block, blasting, like, Rough Riders anthem. And it's hard not to fall in love. Yeah. And, like, I I can understand how it can be seen as a colonizer, but for me, bro, like, I fell in love. Like, no, it, that's, yeah. that's what... Yeah. No, no, go for it. I'm about to say, uh, so, even though you're white, you're like... Yes, he is white. I don't know if you knew that. But I'm just saying, like, there's levels to the whiteness. Cause, like, you got the, okay, You got sure. the immigrant whites. Okay. And okay. then you got, like, the ones that feel like they've been here for a long time. Okay, I like that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, like, with your people being, no offense, but Jewish, like, they it's not... not they want, no, because it's just, like, you know, I don't want people to be, like, he's anti-Semitic, you know what I'm saying? Things like that. I'm a Jew, so... I can't be anti-Semitic. I'm about to say, like, no, I'm talking about me, not... No, but, like, he is Jewish, so, yeah, so to say his like, people are Jewish, I don't think yeah, that is so a, just I, like can how, spe- I can speak on it. Yeah, so... <laughs> I have the, so what yeah. was it like growing up, especially, like... Because you didn't grow up in a Jewish community in New York. Mm. No, like, That's interesting. I, yeah, like, what is it like being a white person like, yeah. who maybe doesn't really identify as a Jew, but is Jewish? Yeah. And, it's not, like, and didn't grow up in a community, and then fell yeah. in love with this other community. Yeah, like, to mm. me, I only grew up in New York. Like, I grew okay. up at the basketball court on 109th Street in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. like, scrounging chains together to see how much how much macaroni and cheese we can get from the chicken place down the street. Like, that's my childhood memories, you know? So, like, that's, that's in my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Then, like, I knew my family was Jewish, but, <laughs> like, I had a weird family, man. Like, they, like, you know, we talking about grandmas earlier today. Like, mm-hmm. people, I go, my, there was no family bonds, bro. There's no love. Like, when I was a kid, like, no one helped us. Like, my mom... Like, my dad sort of fucked her over, and, like, her family, this is one of the things about white culture, the family bonds are not as tight uh, mm-hmm. in, in, like, in my experience. And I've seen it in, like, my Christian family, which hasn't talked to me since I was five. Wow. I haven't heard a word from them since my dad, like, left. Mm-hmm. And then my Jewish family that, like, honestly haven't heard many more words since I was five. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, that's the crazy, my crazy sister moved to New York, and she's, like, broken, dates this nuts guy, or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, for me, I always, like, was, like, New York is my home. Okay. These are my people. Like, I felt like a... I don't know, like a little bit like what we call like a, a nomad. Yeah, yeah, nomad or like uh, you know, like the abandoned children who like just find their way, you know. Orphan. Orphan, yeah. The black sheep. Yeah, and I grew up right on the edge of Harlem, mm-hmm. right when hip hop was exploding. So what are you gonna do? Get with the wave, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like, gonna, I like it. You know, like, get with it or get lost. Yeah, like, I have I have a friend that I was friends when I was like thirteen, and he didn't get with it. Like he was like. <laughs> He came to my high school, but he was from Riverdale in the Bronx, which is like a Jewish community in the Bronx. And he was a nice kid, but he just like, he was just like, I don't know. He just didn't enjoy it. He didn't feel it. Yo, like, I think he honestly was not comfortable being around like dark skinned people. Like he grew up in a very, very white place. Like, and it was not comfortable to him. And that's the real shit. Like that racist training is so deep. And it's not just in the South. Like that shit is every big city. Like... New York is the most segregated city in this country. The school system is the most segregated school system in this. You go to go to fucking Coney Island. Do you know what I mean? Like it mm. is, it's like you're back in time. You know, it's really fucked up. And <laughs> and then you go to Wall Street, and it's like people make a billion dollars. You know, and like I don't know. I think it's, it's always important that, to specify. Just that day that you went to Wall Street, that person probably made a billion dollars. Like shit. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I think you 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 hit on a 
a lot of, a lot of I'm interesting. Little, I'm a little high. It's high codes. <laughs> I'm about to get higher, beloved. Yeah, uh, let's, let's, one let's one thing that you that you hit on that I, I don't think a lot of people maybe talk about is that like this idea that white life has levels. Like to being white isn't just one thing. So I think it's one thing for us to talk about. I think it's another thing for someone who actually is part of the community or is white to have that say. So for you, what do you see as like the big difference between how you see yourself versus maybe how you think other white people see themselves? It's a really interesting question. I think most white people refuse to even address the concept of whiteness. Like, you say, how do you feel about being white? They're like, what do you mean? It's like, what the fuck do you think we mean? Like, <laughs> we live in a racial caste system. How do you feel about being at the top of it? You know what I mean? Ooh. And like, Ooh. that's, it's a real question. Sheesh. And like, uh, I don't know. Like, I always think about, like, when I went to Maryland, I met a lot of, like, rich white people. Mm-hmm. And I really hadn't known them before. And yeah, they, ha- they insulate themselves from, like, the suffering of other people in this country, essentially. And you went to, you went to UMD, so. Yeah. That you do you, you got the insulated of insulated white people. Yeah, I was like, wow, I didn't realize yeah. people are this racist. <laughs> yes. I was like in New York, like I listen, like literally, like my childhood was being like I played for Riverside Church, right? I was the only white kid in Riverside Church <laughs> when I was there. You know what I mean? Like that that was sort of like the reality I was in, which I I didn't realize was mad weird in this country, mm-hmm. um, but I, I've come to see that was very weird. And um, and then I went to Maryland, and I was like, oh, like. These people have never even like, like, like been to like a black family's house. You know what I mean? It's like it is so segregated, and you see the results. Like you guys are from Maryland, so I know you know these white people. Yeah, I just so, learned about them late in life. But one of our friend, one of our very close friends went to UMD. We partied many a night at UMD. I will say the parties. So, so I got a question though. <laughs> that's that's interesting. As someone who is white and knows other people. When you go to Maryland and you sort of meet the first time, you meet like white people who are looking at you like, hey, you should kind of be down with like mm-hmm. with what I'm kind of thinking. What goes through your mind? But you pulled up with like five black guys. I went to UMD, I didn't know one person. <laughs> I know anybody who's going there. And um, let's hit this one more time. <laughs> Um, it was weird, man. Like, I was a basketball obsessed. Like, so I went to UMD and I was like, yo, go play basketball. But at UMD, as you guys know, there's two kinds of basketball. There's white basketball and there's black basketball. For sure. And obviously, like... And there's two different courts for say. There's two different courts, two different areas. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, like, the white games were whack. Like, <laughs> like, they just weren't nice. No one talked shit. Like, no one knew how to play basketball. And um, so when I went to Maryland, I would like play basketball and that's why I made a whole group of friends we had like a, a rec team and it was all dudes from PG okay like and that was it we hung out we like get food and stuff but like literally I'd be the only white person on the team <laughs> and then I'd go back to my dorm and it's like nothing but white kids on the dorm floor <laughs> and it was just it was like perplexing to me you know um, and the truth is I kind of had two different social groups honestly and like it was it was weird like I was definitely around some white people when I was like 18 19 saying like crazy racist shit that I was just like what is coming out of this person's mouth and like I was so insecure like I wanted them to fuck with me you know I wanted girls to like me and so I was just like let me just get these people to like me and that was kind of my experience there it took me a while to be like yo fuck these people and that's kind of where I'm at now Mitchell 
So I'm curious about this idea because I think we all go through it in life. Like we all have to pick and decide. Like fuck these people felt harsh. I, I was I was a harsh man. Fuck no. that. Fuck their actions. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. I mean, I don't. listen. You the one who told me you're we can't higher. be we can't be apologizing for racism and their bad behavior. And there's no way you're in higher education doing things as no, don't, as racism. Don't 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 get, don't give higher education all that. But I'm they just give higher education that. Yeah. So it's just like if you gonna give it that much, then <laughs> so we're all insecure. I think that's a that's a facet of life. Um, but for you, like, was there a moment or a time when you were like, man, maybe I should start caring about this thing, about these issues on like a more humane level, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, so for so for my life, like, I I think at a young age, like white white people in this country, they try so hard to hide from you how awful this country has been to Black Americans and continues to be. Well, because basically, like, if white people don't believe it, then they're not going to do anything about it. You know, so think about why you never learned about Jim Crow. I never learned a fucking thing about Jim Crow when I was in high school, you know? Learned all about the Holocaust, right? One of them happened in this country, one of them happened in another country. Why don't we learn about the one that happened in this country, right? Because the people who did Jim Crow are still in power, largely, you know? So they don't want to upset the apple cart. So for me, like, I remember when I was 13, I had a teacher hand me the autobiography of Malcolm X, and that shit changed my life. I never thought about the world, the country the same way. Like, I remember just again and again reading the bit about how his dad was murdered, and like, I was just like, yo, there's an evil in this country that I was unaware of. And it's a very specific thing, you know? It's obsessed with skin color, and, and you know, as you learn more, it doesn't get that much more complex, honestly. Skin mm. color and money, you know, that's kind of the game. And like, throughout my life, I would be like, well, what can I do? I'm 13, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I wanna change shit, but like, what does, that, what does that even mean? You know, I wish it was different. And you gotta get older and like, learn what tools are, you know? But also, I would battle my self-interest, you know? Because honestly, like doing political work takes time, you know, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. You know, like we produce like a political TV show together. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that took a lot of time to get good enough to do that, to make the connections to do that. Um, so I look at it as like we've been training and we didn't know what we were training for. And now we have a little bit of a sense we're training for. It's like, yo, we have a country that is pretty fucked up and we'd like to make it a little better. And that's, that's my perspective, you know, whether it's through art, whether it's through any political shit, like whatever you can do shine this bitch up a little and leave it a little happier than you found it, a little more just, like, it's on you to do that, in my mind. Wow. Is there, outside of the autobiography of Malcolm X, is there any sort of piece of literature, is there any, um, word, person, speech, song, anything that you have come across that you were like, wow, this really kind of helped me, guide me in learning and moving forward? Yeah, for me, like, when I was, like, 12 or 13, like, Tom and Talib Kweli and Common were like, I listened to them and I listened. And I felt like they taught me so much about life and a lot about this country. You know what I mean? Like, and they were just even, I think I look, I listen back now and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know what this shit meant. And now I do. Like, he would say, like, you know, he was, I listen to a lot of people about like, like Mommy V and Mommy Two Shots. And I was like, oh, you knew it, right? I was like, who fucking does when I was a kid? And now I'm like, oh, I get what you're talking about. You know, I get that that was actually a kid of education and I into music. So yeah, bro, like, people don't fucking call me like, like those first couple albums like uh, 
you know, all those type of type of rhetoric that we kind of be like.
nurtured me and I was hungry. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing about New York is if you grew up kind of poor in New York, you're hungry. Like you see, you see people like popping shit around you and you're like, That we filmed with Dan Lepard and his dad. It was like the original pilot. 
questionable. Mm. And um, wow. he was like, can you watch these and review them for me? And I was like at the gym working out when I got these emails. And I, so I went up to the lady at the gym and I was like, yo, can I use your computer? I have to watch these clips. And like, and I put my headphones in the, the, the lady's gym at the computer at the gym. She was really cool. And I literally sat there watching like the pilot clips for Highly Questionable being like, I like this, like I didn't like that. You know, whatever you do to get thoughtful feedback to show someone like you can help them. And um, yo, he was like, I love it. He was like, yeah, come in 9 a.m. And I was like, all right. So I went home and I was like, mom, can you please help me buy like a ticket for a train to get to D.C.? And she's like, okay, cool. So I bought a train ticket and I got into D.C. at like midnight, my old college dorm room. Like I, I could still stay there. So I went to College Park. <laughs> Slept with no sheets, nothing. Like, literally, I just brought my suit. And then I, I woke up, didn't have a fucking toothbrush. I had to go buy one. It was so, like, last minute, I went to D.C., went to interview, and that was it. I got the job offer, like, a couple couple hours later, and I was like, yo, that changed my whole life. Like, that, when you get a good plug, like, you got to know what to do with it. Like, if you get your moment, you know? My thing is, what's the first check that you got from the plug in the new job, and you were like, oh, shit. Well, I'll tell you. So the first offer, it was less money than I got from the other job. Ooh. And I was like, I still got to take it because I know the upside, you know? Ooh. And I was like, I live by a few phrases that, like, I've learned in New York always, and, like, one of them is scared money don't make money. Mm. And, like, it may sound overly simplistic, but there's a lot of wisdom in it. You know, like, at the end of the day, like, if you want to do some shit, you got to risk some shit. For sure. And if it doesn't feel a little risky, you're not really doing anything new. <laughs> Um, and so I've always made peace with the, that little bit of risk, you know, that some people are going to be like, fuck you, like you're whack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's life. So the first check I got, bro, honestly, first check I got was not the check, but it was when he told me how much I made and I was gassed. Like, I was like, I was like, yo, I know I got my first raise to $40,000 a year. I was like, I'm worth 40. <laughs> I was like, I called my mom. I was like, mom. I was like, mom. I was like, mom. I'm getting forty thousand dollars this year. Oh my god! And she was like, first of all, you're not getting forty thousand ah, dollars. She was like, like, first of all, you get like twenty five. She times. was like, buddy, IRS us. IRS us. I know. And I was like, suddenly, I literally was walking the streets, and I was like, I'm worth. It's the cap is the capitalist indoctrination, bro. Like, and then every raise I got, I'll be like, I'm, I'm worth, worth <laughs> I'm worth fifty thousand, you know. And like, it's sick stuff, really, you know. But it made me happy. I was twenty two. I was like, God damn, this is heaven. Oh my god, that is fucking amazing. So let's move on a little bit. <laughs> I didn't let's, really buy any. I didn't really, I'm about to say eight hundred fifty dollars in rent. Like, life was good. Sounds beautiful. It does. Simpler times. Simpler times, man. What a time. So let's move on to 2015. You, I think it's safe to say. Years, bro. Okay, let's go. I think it's it's (laughs) safe to say that you were instrumental in the formation, not of the Jesus and Miro show, but it coming alive to Viceland Mm. or coming to TV on Viceland. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was like the coolest ride of my life. So talk talk to me through, because I remember one story in particular that I've kind of heard in parts, but I think you should share, like, give us the full details of you doing a trip or you trying to meet... Yeah, yeah, so, okay, okay, uh, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So, okay. what, you, so what, what exactly so this was, was this? This was, so this all started, like, uh, sort of, like, December 2015, January 2016. Mm. I was depressed. I was lying in bed in a really awful relationship. <laughs> like, just, you have a relationship where you realize you're like, damn, like, we don't love each other. Mm. And you're like, fuck. (laughs) 
Um, and you know, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, I want to go back to New York. I was living in DC. I'd worked on Highly Questionable for five years. I had some good people I worked with, including yourself, some other great people. Um, shout, out was, shout out Peach. Shout out Kravitz. Serafina, Federica, whole gang. Um, yeah, so I was like, I want something new. And I had been proposing shows oh, to the. I love Megan. I'm sorry. I had a show. Megan. Megan. Yeah, of I course. I had been proposing. <laughs> I realized that, like, once you have the plug in the TV world, you, you propose shows. Like, that's the game. Shows make money. If you got a good idea for a show, someone who has the connections will, like, sort of, like, as you would say, stamp your good idea. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I learned that shit from Stamp. Stamp that good idea. And so I was like, that's the paradigm I'm working in. So I proposed mad shows. Most of them were fucking terrible. Most of them got fucking laughed at. One of them early on was like, oh shit, we might make this. Fell apart, but it made me see like, ooh, I could do this. And I was a huge fan of Jesus and Miro. Like uh, their podcast was incredible. And I was like, yo, these dudes like on television would be sick, you know? And they were currently, they were at MTV2, but like they were using them on like joking off, but they weren't really using them. And I was just like, yo, they're not even doing shit right now, really. You know, I know they must be sick. And I didn't know them at all. And um, yeah, one day I was just like, I would think of ideas for shows and I was just writing to myself. I was like, a show like Jesus Amiro, but like on, I don't know, some like HBO type shit. They can say anything, talk about sports, politics, pop culture, hip hop culture, like whatever the fuck you want to call it. And uh, yeah, so I, I ended up sending a tweet to Miro. He didn't know me from a hole in the wall. I was like, hey, I got an idea. Like, can you like, you know, DM me your email? Send me the email, and I wrote. I can like pull up the email. Like I, I have the email still. Like I wrote him this whole long email, just like yo, like I work for Highly Questionable with Bomani, damn, blah blah blah. Like I think you guys could have a show that's almost like this that comes on every day. That like, and I would love to talk to you about it. I was like, I'm from New York. Like we like the same shit. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he looped in his manager, and like yo, the next weekend, me. And the manager and Jesus met at a McDonald's in the Bronx and just like chopped and went to a bar, chopped it up for three hours, you know? And I was like, yo, listen, Miro didn't come. So Miro never comes. Miro's always late. He's got kids, you know what I mean? Um, but, Four now. And so the story, the story was, you know, I was like, yo, listen, like, because it's all about the plug at the end of the day. I'm not the plug. I may be the guy who can see the vision, but I don't have the connections. I don't have that juice. But I could be like, I know who does. And I know what to Self-awareness, kids. Very important. So I told them at that meeting, we were at the bar, I told Jesus and the manager, I was like, yo, listen, my plug is a, is a huge fan of yours. He doesn't know about this meeting that I'm having with you right now, but he's going to love it. Mm. And so let's get brunch next weekend at, at this restaurant, and he's going to come. I'm going to tell him this week, he's going to love it, don't worry about it. And so then I went to the plug, and I was like, he didn't know anything about this. And I was like, hey, like you have a meeting with me, Jesus and Mira and their manager, this weekend, he was like, I have a meeting. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we have a meeting. And I told him the idea and he loved it. And we went and, you know. History. Yeah, I mean, it, and then, you know, it worked out in a weird way where like, we sort of became like, all right, if we do a show, we're gonna do this as the production team. You know, like the plug, me, my crew, which was like Chuck and a couple of others. Hold on, all right, so can I tell my story? Yeah, it's it's story so can I tell my story? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so this is this is mad interesting because. I'm, I'm very curious to how you found about it. Cause like I was up in my bed in January, 2016, like writing emails to myself about why this would be a good show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, just, no, it's, it's so just like, like, I'm curious how you experienced this. So whole let thing. me just go backtrack a bit. Yeah. So I graduated college December, 2014. Um, I got, uh, well, I graduated college August, 2014. I walked in December. I applied for the job at 
highly questionable in like September mm-hmm. because my friend, one of my best friends, Keese, sent me an email and was like, hey, apply to this thing. Like he was like, it's a Facebook thing. It's a few questions. It's like three questions. He's like, I think you should do like, it. I wrote that shit. He was like, he was like, he was like, I think you should do it. You'd you be good that? for it. Wow. I, I wrote I like ran the intern program. Yeah. He, he was like think he said I, he, he was like, I think you'd be good for it. So yeah, you should do it. I was like, all right, bet. So I had sent the questions in. And the thing was, at the time I didn't know, but I had applied to Around the Horn oh, yeah. maybe a few months earlier and got to like the second or third, whatever round, and then they were like, nah, we don't want you. So then I was kind of like, fuck it, I'm kind of off this TV I shit. I didn't realize that. I was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of off this TV it's shit. Good to take, to take those so out. Then, about to take that government zone, man. So then, so then Keith. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, no, different. No, this is later. Though. That's different. That's later. So then Keith hit me, was like, I know this, this story very well. Keith said, hit me, so I was like, man, fuck it, I'll do this. So I did it, and it was like, yo, I'm I was like, oh, shit, bet. At the time I was working at the paper, the PG Sentinel, at um, Atlanta. I remember, you used to cover high school and basketball. I was covering high school basketball. Mm-hmm. I saw, I saw Markel Fultz, saw a bunch of other cats play football, basketball, all that shit. And I, I was doing like beat that. reporting too yeah, around yeah. like Bladensburg. Mm-hmm. So that I'd impressed cut- me. That impressed me, fair. I was like, that was one thing I always looked at when an intern came through. I was like, like, I got, there's one intern who always was like, I want to be a writer, I want to be a writer. I was like, what have you written lately? He was like, nothing. I was like, bro, like, that's the only qualification. You just got to write. You got to write something. And like, I always saw you. And I was like, you're always doing shit. You're always getting bro. better. You're always learning crafts. You I know? was like, bro, I remember one time I covered a, it shows now. A, a fucking eighteen twelve historical day in Bladensburg. Like, you know, the Bla- this town wow. of Bladensburg. Mm-hmm. And I went there. I'm talking to people, getting quotes, all types of shit. So was that place like in 1812? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's all I was thinking. Fucking, yeah. So I did all that <laughs> shit, da-da-da. Like a horror. And dude, I get the job. Shit. Um, no, 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 I don't get the job. We, we, the internship is going great. The first check I get, I remember, I was only working two days a week. Motherfucker got like four fifty, almost five hundred dollars. No like tax, nothing, bro. <laughs> Shit was wicked. I was like, yo, we're up. <laughs> used to give me the check, be like, oh, good, good work. Slip, 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 Oracle. Oh, we listen, we bleep out. Like so <laughs> yeah, um, so we did all that, boom, boom, boom. And then I'll smack too. It's okay. So then all, all that happens. Da 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 da. We smoked a lot of weed today. For sure. That was like four. No. Three. No. Hold on. Keep the numbers out. Um. Keep the numbers. This shit's uh, it's legal. It's legal in New York now. I don't have to be ashamed of it anymore. Okay. I cope right. with my anxiety and depression by smoking marijuana. Most of us do. All right. So continue. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. The money was like this. is The most money I've ever just gotten from any job ever. And then the days I worked three days, oh, it was like, we we partying this weekend. It's like, you didn't know what the fuck was coming. It was super chill. I get to, I get to just leave. I, get I didn't to, either, honestly. I kind of leave whenever, you know, I finish my work. You know, they like, I remember the first time I really got to do some shit. They were like, we're interviewing Patrick Beverly. And they were like, just come up with questions. They were yeah, like, not they, me. This guy was like, come up with all the questions that you can think <laughs> so of. He was like, Anything he was like, I don't. He was like, I want unique. He was like, not regular. Like anything. So I remember one question in particular. I was like, Why do they call you Mister Ninety Four Feet? And you loved that. You were like, This is what I'm. This is the type of question I want. I want. If you give me more questions like this, bro, so good. And I was like, I was like, This is kind of easy. So then we were also doing the. It is very simple. We were also but people doing, ask trash questions in most of these interviews. We were also right. doing pod busters at the time. Oh yeah, I was and good. everybody would just I would just be like singing so you know shit I'm just listening. Pod busters, by the way, was when 
Poppy would rap would in, rap those would rap in the those middle. Shakes. And like for TV shows, you gotta have four breaks. But if you have one really, really, really small break, it makes it look like you got three segments instead of four. So we would have Poppy rap and just some would, random shit for like 15 seconds. And people love that shit, bro. That and they used to random. ask, they used to be like, "So what do you want amazing. the Pop Buster to be today?" That used to be the thing. What do you want the Pop Buster to be? I'd be like. Y'all ain't heard this yet? They be like, there's no charges. Bet, bet, bet. We about to do no that. Charges to hit us and I feel like Peach, group Chuck, Chuck ran that shit, right? Yeah, Peach used to do that. So I, I would, I'd be like, yo, what y'all? I be, I would literally hit my friends. I'd be like, so what y'all listening to? They asking me what's a good pod buster. See, it's, it's really, it's really, it's a family effort. It really yeah, is. Your dad ass hit us in the group chat and he'll be like, hey, hey you got your rest? Hold on, gotta take a brief intermission. Gotta hit the plug. Your dad asked me. That shit ain't seen wars. All right, so shout out to the plug. He stopped by. He helped us. He came through. He brought, he brought goodies. Um, but like I was saying, so I was, what I was saying, so I'm getting more money in one check than I've ever seen in a fucking life. And boy, that was an early check. Man. I got like, you know. And it was, and it wasn't shit in retrospect. That's you not know, shit. You know, retrospect. retrospect. Like, in but retrospect, mm, it was, it was what it was. So that shit was happening and I was really like, oh man. But like you said, I, I got to hedge my bets. So I needed. This is, this is when your man. I needed more. Almost threw it all away. I needed a, a job. Like mm-hmm. I, I had shop, felt bro. like I had graduated. And this I'll one never I, forget this phone call in my life, bro. Really I, I had walked. Life. I had walked. I had finished. I did my shit. I came back home, and I had did like maybe one more day of internship. And I told Brad, uh, you were an intern at this ESPN. Yeah, yeah. I was an intern, and I was like, Brad, you know, I'm about to leave. I'm about to go get this. You, what did you think? You were like, I'm not getting a job. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember like, we, were going to, hire, we were going to the me. winter break, and yeah, I was just like, wow, you know, I, I had a good run. Bird in the hand type shit. You know, I, I I did my thing. I got to meet some cool people during this thing. Mm-hmm. I got to see some athletes. You know, this is some shit that I'll talk about later on in life. And I'm not. But, you know, I got to be a grown-up and, you know, like, I don't get a job. Did you send me a text or an email? No, I think I either texted you. Yeah, because I texted you because I had, like, I was like, yo, you know, I'm not going to see y'all. And then I think you were like, he sent, a, he sent, sent an email. The email was just like, hey, thank you so much. This has been a great internship. Um, I got a homie who's a great. Uh, yeah, you like my friend who'd be a great intern. And I was like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, bro, you're here. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? The crazy part was that that after that. Why are you ha- throwing this bread away? <laughs> the crazy part is after that happened, I had got a job and everything, and I had started training. Mm-hmm. So I had did like a day or two of training. You were walking. I feel like I feel like the phone call we had. You told me you were walking into the training. Yes, yeah. I was because I had already did a like a a, a thing. Now I was about to go to training. So mm-hmm. I. Had did like the you know the employee introduction you know i had sat in the meeting i had did my little competency competency uh, competency uh, i can't say the word competency Com- competency test thank you shirley i had said that i had did that that i had finished all that it's gonna be a messy episode and i was and i was good money and then i get a call and then i yeah did i hit you or did someone hit me i feel like you sent my recollection is you sent me an email being like yeah but i said that like a day or two or maybe Mm. like a day or two i don't know i was like yo we need to talk because that's what i I was like yo like i in my mind i was like yo like you're not getting what's happening here bro (laughs) i was like yo like this could be like you this is the wave you called me you were like where you at i was like bro i'm about to walk (laughs) into that i was like (laughs) i was like i was like i'm about to walk into this (laughs) hello it was so urgent for me i was just like i couldn't believe he was about to do this i was like i'm about to walk into this training you were like where i was like bro i got a job and i'm like i'm trying to explain to this shit outside of the like the building like this little glass door where i'm seeing people with laptops and shit i'm like I'm like, bro, so like, it's a good job. It's gonna I'm, pay I'm, well. I'm like, bro, right. I'm like, I was, I was like, yo, it's a good job. You know, I'm gonna get paid. He, he was like, 
And then I think I told you to pay, and you were like, huh? You were like, hold on, wait. You were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you, like, you don't understand. I was like, bro, like, I'm trying to explain to him, like, yo, I gotta do this. I need a dollar. What did I say? I was like, yo, let me talk to yeah, the pub. You were like, you were like, let me talk to him. You were like, let me talk to the you, pub. You were like, you were like, hold on. You were like, wait. I think I told you the, exactly. I told you the salary. And you were like, huh? Then you were like, wait, 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 wait. Let me go talk to somebody and I'm gonna call you back. And I was like, so I'm like, this dude is doing too much. What did you, yeah, what did you think when I did I'm that? Like this, I'm, I'm like this. I'm like this white boy is doing the yeah. fucking most. I'm like, bro, nah. I wasn't. It was also for that because he texted me. Chuck texted like, me. Bro, I was like, I'm not even that good of an intern. He was like, was move like, on, bro. Like, you, move. But the thing is that you, you like, like thought processing, like the way mm. a mind works is, is a nuanced thing. You know what I mean? And like for you, like the one thing I've always admired about you is like you have a really special gift for understanding people's motives and their perspectives, you know? So like that has always helped me. And like in television production, it's all about that shit. <laughs> it's all about understanding how someone's gonna be perceived, how something's gonna be felt by an audience. And like you've always had a great eye for that. And so I was like, yo, you got the juice. And I was like, and you're in the door. That's the combination, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, no, see at the time I had no right. Did you get a call from the plug? So this is That's what happened, happened right? so this is what happens next. See, Literally. I lied to you not 15 or 20 minutes later. Mm -hmm. I get a call from the plug. And he's like, Do you have time to speak? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, of course for you. He sent a goodbye email Be to everybody. Because this <laughs> he said a goodbye and thank you. Charles. Charles said yeah. to everybody he's like, goodbye. Thank you, Bon Voyage. Yeah. So Brad, Brad hits me and Brad in the conversation, he's like, bro, when he calls you, just listen. Just I promise. He was like, I promise you, just listen and say yes. I'm like, huh? He's like, no, no, I'm telling you, say yes. I'm like, let me hear what this motherfucker said. He's like, so I hear you're, you, you have a job. Don't play him like that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, my thing at home, you know, I'm trying to, you know, work. I've got, I got to do this, that, that. He's like, well, what, what would you think about coming back? And I was like, and like, what? He was like. You're not gonna be like a full time, but, you, but you're gonna work for me. And, and if you, you know, if things work out, well, well, you know, I can't promise you anything. He was like, I can't promise you anything. He always says that shit. And Manage gonna, expectations. And it's you key. know, he's like, I can't, I don't want you to think that. But he was like, I think that you got some good mm -hmm. things going. And he was like, we can make things work. And you know, mm -hmm. I promise, you know, I'll, I'll do what I can for you and make sure. And I was like, and he was like, and this, and this, and this is where he got me because it I was like, it was like a Tuesday really, or a Wednesday, really I believe. And he was like, you know what? Don't even make a decision now. Take the rest of the week. And and you know what? You can come back, and if you do it, you'll get paid. You know, we'll work out. Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. Just just take the rest of the week and, and decide what you want to do. I know. And I was like, hold on. And that's why I remember we had our conversation. This motherfucker. So what did this conversation sound so, like? When Chuck hit you up, what was he sounding like no, no, to you? No, no, let me tell you what. After nah, this, I remember being in the office and being like, a motherfucker just told me. I could leave on a Wednesday, yeah. go home for the rest of the week, yeah. and decide on if I wanted to decide between two jobs or not. Yeah. I was like, fuck it, and I'm leaving. And you were like, yeah. now you know why I told you. I was like, bro, I told myself. Wait I said, for this call and say yes. Bro, I said, I'm leaving. I and lying. I just went home, and I was like, bro, I'm about to take this other job. I was mm -hmm. like, yo, I'm about to just go back. I was like, it, I was like, worst case scenario, this is exactly what so I told even myself. even after the call, you were like, this is not a real thing. No, no, I was, I was like... Even if it is, is a real thing to me, I was like, they could just be trying to be nice. Like, low key, sure. I was like, yeah. at this point, it was only one other black person. Yeah. And I had not seen Serafina. So I had not known that this girl, the other intern, was black. So <laughs> as far as I was concerned, I was like, there's only one other black person here and one other, like, person who's not black. 
D-Light. So, D-Light and Rwanda. We're like the only non-black yeah. people there. So to Will me, ちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってち
Yeah. All right, cool. I was like, maybe it's some New York shit because that's that's what we was on. We was like, oh, it's just some New York shit. So I had listened, but yeah, so but I tried you know, to listen. Know, but you know, New York sets the trends, though. You no, know how that works. You that's just the truth. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just observing. That's my point. But yeah. I had listened to a few episodes. I was just like, no, this is not yeah. for me. Like, I'm, it's, it's some niggas well, from New York. This is the thing, though. This is the thing about content <laughs> production, bro. It's like, it's not just the. There's content cultivation, which mm-hmm. is like word or not. Yeah. We're cultivating content, trying to make some shit that makes people think, make people laugh. But then it's how you present the content, right? Yes. So with Jesus and Mero, my thought always was like, yo, I'll listen to an hour and a half podcast talking about like comparing baby dicks at a Dominican wedding shower or whatever baby shower, like where you're just like, what are you talking about? Cracking up. But most people won't listen to an hour and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it was always like, all right, how do we, how do we package this in a way where you don't lose the soul, where you actually like, excuse the, I, I always think of it like crack, right? Like you cook it down and it's you know and like it gets more intense or whatever. And so I was like, you edit it down and you just take the best shit, and suddenly you have a product that is like nonstop funny mm-hmm. because you've only left in the amazing shit, you know. And I think that's like that's the real cheat code always in content. And you know, I talk to Chuck. I, I always think like like this shit. You edit this shit to like thirty minutes, bro, and you just lead into all the best shit. It would be a fire ride. You know what I mean? But but like in a podcast, you leave the the wandering, which is dope for some listeners, mm-hmm. but hard for new people sometimes because they're like, I don't know you. Why I want to? Why I'm gonna wander with you? Mm-hmm. So. No. So like I said, I had known about it. Da, da calls me in his office and is like, have you heard of this? I'm like, yeah. Just keep slipping up. Oh, fuck. Well, well, well I'm mm-hmm. The Oracle calls me into his office and he's like, yo, do you, I'm like, yeah, like, doesn't everybody know about Jesus? Like, he loved them, bro. I, he, he, he put me on, actually. The first person, the first person who told me about them, he was like, yo, you ever heard this podcast? I was like, no. And I heard it and I was like, yo, this is incredible. And I watched, they had an old YouTube show. Yeah, on, uh, Com- uh Complex. was it Complex? Was it Complex yep, at the time? Yeah, named Donnie Quack who produced yeah. it. Donnie Quack was like a genius. And he was great with them and they were amazing. And it was so raw, bro. Like, if you go back and watch those, but problematic. Yeah. Like, to the to the mm-hmm. thousandth degree. Like, you think saying cause is bad. My God. But that's the whole point. Like, they were leading into it, and they're from a different era where For that sure. wasn't problematic. But it also, was, there was, they had nothing, bro. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, when you... It's the thing about creativity. Like, when you have nothing to lose, you come up with better shit. That's mm-hmm. right. I'm going to pass that on here. Nonetheless, yeah. um... Yeah, he had called me in his office and was like... I'm like, yeah, has everybody? He's like, oh, okay. And so, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're dope. I didn't, you, I didn't tell you about it first? Well, you know, you said... You said he's gonna ask you about I, I, this. I, I, I'm you, like, yeah, you like, I, I knew you had the juice. You were like, you were like, like you're like, he's gonna ask juice with me. You were like, he's, he's gonna ask you about the show and just tell him your honest to God truth. I was like, so you see the strategy. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, do this. I was like, and he was like, what do you think about like these cuts and breaks? I was like, have you seen the Wayans brother? I was like, just watch the Wayans brother. I was like, you know how they do like the cuts and that. Like that's some shit that I would. He was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm good. I'm, he's like, send me clips. I was like, all right. I sent him like two or three YouTube. Fine. Clips of the Wayans Brothers of the breaks I was talking about. He was like, "All right, all right, I see, I see what you're talking about." No, but hold, they was like, "Yo, can y'all go to N- NY?" I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Hold on, really?" They're like, "Yeah, you're about to move there." And <laughs> that's when I knew Chuck was on his way up, like the Jeffersons, goddammit. I was like, "Huh?" They yeah, was like, "Yeah, that yeah." That whole ride was the craziest shit. I was all like, of us. And that's what I'm saying. Bro, it, it, like, it went from like we, we started going to our bands and went like, bro, that's what I'm saying. We literally went from talking about different. it that in the office bro. to like literally six weeks later, like, "Yo, do you think you could?" And I'm like, "Bro, we smoked huh? two. Chuck would roll two blunts before every episode of these." Miro, we smoked for like what 30 minutes, shoot the shit, 
filmed the show high as fuck, bro. Like it was, and it was fire. Like it was just, there was a moment in time where like, we got our, we, fire. we, we, so we caught our groove, I'd say like four months in. Yeah. Like the first, watch the, show. the first couple oh, months we were like, we were trying to. That's what we said every day when people watched it and I knew it wasn't just because they were like my friend. Yeah. You know? yeah. We, we, at the first couple months we were kind of trying to establish like what we wanted to be about. Like, do we want to do it like this? Do we want to do it like that? And I also think they just need to get comfortable being the lead men. Like and the thing is that thing about them is like they're an improv act. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. People don't realize how genius they are. They don't write any of yeah. their shit. This is like off the top. So you bars. gotta know how to produce for improv. Yeah. You don't write for them. You write situations. You <laughs> come up with ideas that well they will like. You know, mm-hmm. you, you predict what you they're gonna fuck with. Yeah. 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 You, you have prod. to prod. Yeah, exactly. Especially with guys like Miro, because it's just like you just never know. It, it, that's the whole point, and you yeah. like that because that's where magic happens. Mm-hmm. Just come off the top rope or something. Yeah, wild. like not thing, knowing like brings the out the best. Do some wild shit. Not knowing just brings out the best. Light a fucking platano. <laughs> you know what I mean? You remember when he bit the platano? Bro, I went to the bodega that day. I'm just, I'm like, I'm getting this dude platanos. And that's I was the thing. Like, like, I don't know. It's Dominican Independence Day, <laughs> and that's it. You just give him some shit to mm-hmm. to play with, you know. And you also have to lean into genius, people's bro. who people are. Like, they are eccentric people. Like, they mm-hmm. like to be eccentric in who, what they are. Like, the things they like, the things they hate, the things they don't care about. So, like, you have to lean into that. And It's a really well-rolled joint. Shout out, shout out to the cameraman. And I yeah. think that's what so all that experience was yeah. about. So, let's talk about our last professional working experience. Um, we left the... The Jesus and Miro. Left Jesus and Miro. Well, as, as, our, as, as the Oracle says... TV is a here today, gone tomorrow business. For sure. And that motherfucker said that to me every day I worked for him, and I never really got it until it was gone. And you're like, damn, that shit is gone. You know, like, and it was hard, bro. Like, Jesus and Mira, like, I'm, I, don't, I never talked, to, I mean, that was our heart. Like, that was our well, shit. Well, you know what the thing that bothered me about that, the way it ended personally, was that we got to a point, like I said, we hit our groove. And the thing then, about these mirrors, like yo, we left. That was the weirdest that's part. That's the thing. Like, like we hit our groove. We went and started then, a new yeah, show, and then we like, left. Shit. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, not like somebody shit. was like, "You guys are bad. Stop." It was like it's because it's because human politics, human relationships are everything. And like I the realized, politics. no, but it's, it's politics. It's politics, but it's also like I was like I was 26 when Dizemir started, and like yo, like me, you, and Peach and Cortez, that was the whole power structure of that show. Everything that went in that show was just running by us four. And like trying to fight against the executives of a the network. The executives would be like, you can't include that, you can't include this. But in terms of what, like, who's going to write this show every day, literally, But that's my just thing. Us. But think about it. But think about that power dynamic. It's us versus the network versus host. Yeah, it was So, it's, yeah. so it, it wasn't like... But the reason it was versus host, and I'll say, because I was young, I didn't know how to build relationships, man. Like, that is everything But that life. was my thing. My you thing know? was that we were... A you were better at that. Like, that's one thing I always admired about you. You could build relationships with anybody. Yeah, but I, but my thing about it is that I, you knew the politics of it. That's my whole thing. Like, I didn't understand... Yeah. At that time, I didn't understand... I knew when that shit was going to, south. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I used us, to be like, yeah. oh, we're just having fun making TV. Mm-hmm. Not understanding all the layers. It's tough, it's tough, yeah. And then I think... It was Jesus and Mirror that made me realize, oh, no, it's not about just making good TV. Yeah. It's about all that and the relationships. Yeah. So, like like you said, you can have the relationships or nah. you can have the policy. So, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I disagree. I think I think it's because the relationships weren't good enough. I think the quality of the... For example, like, you are someone I've worked with for years now. Mm-hmm. Like, when I... Like, me and Chuck are starting a little wine brand now. Mm-hmm. Infused wine. Slight flex. And... Uh, Anyway, I'll be back on to promote that shit. Drink mm-hmm. that shit. It's lit. It's ancient Egyptian wine. 
this ancient Egyptian recipe. Anyway, but when I started working with Chuck and I was like, I trust you, I know you. We have a relationship. We've been through mad shit together. You know, like, I did fucking shrooms with this motherfucker at my job. Yeah, you're a real friend. That's, that's real shit. I, mean, I have very few people I've done that with. I mean, just those four. Anyway, so I'm comfortable with him. I trust him. The thing is, like, at that job, we didn't have that level of trust, that level of personal relationship. And, like, like you guys, you guys work together, you're friends, and, like, it's good because of that. You know what but, I mean? But, but what I would argue is that... I feel like I didn't build relationships enough. Like, that's, that's the thing I blame myself. I knew we made good enough shit, but I was, yes, like, but I that's was my too thing. focused on the content yes. and not focused enough on, like... Well, my thing is that you chose, to make, you chose like, to make relationships yeah. with different people. So... In a group, in a power dynamic, which, which is split in thirds, yeah. you had decided, I'm going to make relationships with certain people. Yeah. And then it ultimately bit us in the ass. But that's 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 a different story for this different things. This is me and Chuck having therapy right I'm just, now. That's what I'm just saying, because that really... But made, it's therapy about something a little famous, so it's kind of interesting. Right? It really made me realize that, like, yo, this it's shit is... It's the reason why they left Viceland. And it's, 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 it's really realized, like, yo, there's politics to and all this. Loki wanted to know why. Well, yeah, it's we just politics. That, it's just politics, and I think like I mean, that's. I know it's a little bit just you know what I'm saying, down. I just said it's politics. A little exclusive, not exclusive. No, I think that's one thing. Like they they did Showtime because Showtime fits them better. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Viceland, bro. Wasn't I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you this, I'll tell you this. Viceland treated them like shit. That's my point. Viceland. Like, Viceland. Like Viceland look, what content does Viceland make no, now as far as TV? Nah, but like they never. Viceland no. never paid them. Like I'm comfortable saying that shit, bro. Like those dudes should have got paid so much more. But they got a, that first contract they gave them. They were like, oh, we got you on a cheap deal. We'll keep you on a cheap deal. But that's, and that's why they left. If Viceland cut politics. the check. Is, is that not politics? Is that not not wanting to invest in do things? Loki is white supremacy because they cut the check for Action Bronson, bro. They cut that big check. I was about to say that. Call them out, buddy. I love I love the message. Does Viceland even exist anymore? That's my point. Do I'm, not, I'm not worried they about do. that. You never know. You might need a <laughs> call. Can I say his name? Can I say the? Can I say his name with the J? Oh, say whatever the fuck you want. With him. Jeff might Jeff might be able to get you a job later. He never know. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> what like you said, we move on to the we move on to the to the next to the next um to the next job. What was that yeah, like? Chuck has the juice now. This is the thing about Chuck. It's like Chuck Chuck really has the juice now and he's got the connections and like this man is gonna be making like fucking all sorts of shit. The next twenty years, bro, you look back at what this guy's doing, you're gonna be like, yo, wow shit. Listen, I'm just True. trying to I'm just trying to link with cool people and make dope shit with my homies. That's how the that's how the coolest shit happens. You know what I mean? Like people overthink it. They're like, oh, you gotta be with this person, that person. You make something you love, that's the best way someone else can find a way to love it, I think. Hmm? Like Dean Samir, it was always like, does that shit make us laugh? Does that make us laugh? If it doesn't make us laugh, it's not in the show. You can't sell something to someone that you're not buying yourself. Like that's disingenuous, I've always thought. That's real shit. Mm-hmm. So Any I need a shit you want to get into? Authenticity. Um, well, we will. The last job was. It's a really messy situation, so I'm, I'm not, not going to. I'm not going to just worth it, honestly. All right, I think. all right. That's that's a little too close to home. All right. It's not, it's not, I just feel like it's like the law of diminishing returns. It's like, what is there to gain? Respect. That's all. Right. That'll be only my my perspective. Bars. I respect that. So yeah, we're gonna leave that last one. So let's talk about the way we've been doing now post um, working together. We don't work together professionally anymore. Well, in the, yeah, in the I'll tell you, I'll tell you the way I, I think about it. Talk, talk, I, talk, I absolutely exactly. think we work together professionally. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, I think you got to shoot shots. That's always been my philosophy in life. And you got to... Speech Club? Speech Club, bro. Like, so 
don't even know how exactly it started. I don't attend anymore, but I still watch it. So, Speech Club started because after the George Floyd sort of uprisings last summer, we were talking, in particular, me, Brad, and Rodney were talking a lot about just like the state of like. Rodney, the country. Uh, Rodney, an associate of ours. Shout out Rodney. Big, a big, brilliant young man. Big, great partner in the writing trio and creative team for sure. That's it. We need a name. And, yeah, for sure. We'll talk about it. And he was like, we were, the three of us were having a lot of conversations, Peach as well, just about the state of the country and the world. And we were like, yo, what would be a good way to kind of like flush this out, not via group chat? You know, like, yeah, we would like send like, each other like what speech. We send each other speeches. Yeah, we send like, each other articles, shit. like Kwame Ture's speeches, like shit that has like twenty thousand views on YouTube. And we're like, how does no one see this? Exactly, you know? so, and, and it was all sort of interrelated or connected to the times. So we were like, I think, I <laughs> I think Brad was basically like, "Yo, let's start a Zoom. Like, let's get on Zoom because this when Zoom parties were a thing. He was like, let's yeah. get on Zoom and let's kind of like." Talk this out, mm-hmm. and we were like, all right, you know, four or five of us. We started doing it, and it just kind of stuck because I think. Did you say what it is like speech club. If you yeah, don't ex- know. explain it. Explain it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I mean, to me, it was just a group of people getting together to talk about essentially social issues in the country, mm-hmm. and of course, it's around the time of George Floyd's murder, and you know, the question of black liberation is certainly the focus of the speech club, I would say, if I had to give a term. And it's like doing the political education we never get in this Mm. country, right? Like, what do they teach us about politics in public schools in this country? Nothing. They don't teach us shit. Or they do teach us shit, but they teach us, like... The structure of it. Well, and they teach us such, like, you know, this guy's a hero, that guy's a hero, and then you find out they were, like, people who did genocide. You're like, damn, you can be a hero and do genocide? It seems kind of tough to hold both of those titles. It's America, you know? We praise war criminals. Exactly. But anyway, so that's what the speech club was about. It was kind of like learning real American history. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been dope. Yeah. And learn about real Americans. Yeah, I think um, that, I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, different people come through. People take turns kind of talking about things, addressing different issues that they think is important, like... One recently we had was someone talking about a little Nas X video and mm-hmm. like homophobia in the black community. The Montero video, right? Yeah, yeah what that, that, that ma- what yeah. that means, what that you know what that says. So I think it's just about like you said, kind of. I think she said. I think I can say her name, Shannon. Mm-hmm. She made an interesting point about Shannon having to Shannon. do the work, like having to like go upon ourselves to learn things that we're not comfortable learning mm-hmm. or talking about things that we may not always talk about in our, you know, everyday lives. We might not talk to every day. And about things that we might not talk about every day. So I think that's what the speech club is about. Like just trying to really formulate active thinking of knowledge. You know, Mm -hmm. like and not trying to be smug about it. But it's like sharing and promoting knowledge. Like Mm -hmm. we'll get together to get drunk or high, but we won't get together like talk about I don't know, some shit like like, why people gotta be starving on the street? You know what I mean? But, like, that's a pretty important thing to talk about. So, anyway, it's like it's like a forum for us to learn and share and kind of grow as a community. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, it, I enjoy the speech club because it's just, like, one way that we really, like, to see people's perspectives without it being combative. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a very good point. Most people who do come and are open-minded about it, um, yeah, 
Yeah, they can like, have different perspectives yeah. and not and then not be combative. I think that's a really good form, way to put it. You know what I'm saying? Like Twitter, of course, because like that's where people fake want to be, think piece and this shit, and like even online and just in comment sections, it's just like people get real combative with certain shit. But it's just like in the speech club, it's just like all right, everybody here is like to actually like to do the work. Like, it's just like, okay, I may not even know about this. I watch a speech and it's just like, oh shit, that shit real life changed my whole perspective or I knew about this, but I gained even more knowledge and wisdom from what was said. Not well, even from the speech, but from someone else. The community. The yeah. Like having, you know having, having community. community. Like, that's something that I feel like I, <laughs> I like learned from like black American culture that a lot of like white people didn't get to learn is the value of, like, a more extended community. Seriously, like, yo, my white family doesn't give a fuck about me. You know what I mean? Like, their family friends, they don't even know about me. Do you know what I mean? But, like, honestly, a lot of black American families I've known are much tighter. Friend groups, much tighter. Look out for each other. Like, yo, you guys have, like, a whole business together. Like, my, like I have friends that would never do that shit. You know, family that would never do some shit with me like that, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It is. <laughs> you know, I told you I'm a rival you, so you good on my book. You know, you team me. Here's the thing. Like, so you you got me, but like, I you ready to take on the whites? This is I like yo. I just I guess like there's some powerful people, man. That's what I'm saying. They be conquering. And shit. that's the thing. You don't have to. You can really just be white <laughs> and chill. Like you ain't gotta do none of this. You ain't gotta worry about none of this shit. You I mean, t- one thing I'll say is like, like I don't think I'm really risk. I'm, I'm not doing much. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, I don't want to act like I'm doing some great, sir. I'm really not. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so much more I could be doing, honestly, mm. you know, to be for real. And I try to find ways to do more in a way that doesn't, like, take over my whole life, you know? But, um, no, nah, man, like, honestly, like, white people are mad boring. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, that's, like, like, I, I mean, like. I, I had lived with a white girl for two years who was from, like, a fancy family in Maryland. That was my dream. I was like, I just want to meet just, like, a... It was, like, a white princess. I didn't think of it that way. I wasn't, like, writing that down, but I realized now, I was like, yo, I just wanted, like, a, a sorority queen kind of thing, you know? And I, I, I lived with her, and I was like, yo, man, I hope she doesn't see this. She's a nice person, but I was just like, yo, this is boring You're talking about me. That's shit. what I'm saying. This is what you're worried about. I'm not worried about this. This is what you should Yo, if she's watching High Post, the podcast... Then she became cool. You know what I mean? So like, then we're good. Like, she is not watching this shit, my friend. Like, if she watching this, she became cool. Yes, we must pick that up right Yeah, you there. put you put that put that in the promo. Yeah, yes, we need that. We need that. I'll try to throw a couple couple more one liners. You know? fucking cool. All right, we good. So this is like she back be- in mirror, this high as fuck. So she bro. became cool. Nah, she didn't become cool. That's why I'm not worried to see this. I you know, know she no, didn't she, become she cool. Nah, I look, at her, I look this, at her bro. Facebook. She didn't become cool. Trust me, I'm good. Bro. You look at her Facebook. Yeah, you look at people's Facebooks. She listens. <laughs> Sometimes you look at people's Facebooks. You're like, what are they up to? How's their life been? Like old friends from high school and shit. Nah, I stay away. You know, it's just information. I dig it. Right, so what were you asking me? I take on white people. I don't really take. I mean, I don't. I talk shit to white people on, like, Twitter, but it's like I'm not out there with a gun at the Capitol fighting people against them, you know? Like, my idea is that life, the, I think culture changes through art. Like, like I read Malcolm yeah, X's yeah, book, man. changed my whole life. Do you know what I mean? Changed my whole life. I could never see the country the same. I saw an evil in this country that no matter what I did, I, could, I was always in the back of my mind that it never went away. 
And so to me, I hope to make art in some way. Like Jesus Samira, I was always so proud. Like, yo, we would call Donald Trump a your white supremacist president in 2016. People were not really saying that. And they were bold enough to put their name on it. I, we, write, we wrote it, but they put their name on it. And like, I've always been proud of that. Do you know what I mean? And like, if you can make art that makes people think a little bit, learn a little more, it's valuable. Do you know what I mean? Do you deserve to be like lauded and praised? I don't know. Honestly, I don't think how, know how valuable it is. Like, did it really change shit? Nope. You know, maybe some people got a little more aware, but like, you know. So yeah, I mean, but in general, like white people are boring. So like, I like to hang out. Like I like, the truth is white people in other countries are not as boring. Like honestly, like white people in other countries sometimes are like mad interesting. But like American whiteness is like a is like yeah yeah, yeah. I didn't even hit that shit. I just this is what this is what Mira used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Holding the blunt too long, and it's like yo, can you fucking pull that, you shit that shit and pass that shit? Gotcha. I didn't think you lit it all. The, I didn't think you lit it all the way. I'm professional. And I took a pull and I was like perfect. Like <laughs> not an ounce more was needed. <laughs> not an ounce more is killing me. smoke the L in a minute. It's a very different experience. A little more heat comes out, you know? You know that vibe hits you in your chest. Just like out of, out of you, suddenly like the energy changes with the L, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like so, so now talk about your good white people across the pond. Not across the pond, but oh, I mean, around the I world. I didn't say they're good white people. I said they're bad. No, yeah, I mean, all I mean is that like America's a weird ass place. Okay. It is a racial caste system. Now, frankly, a lot of countries have some element of that, mm-hmm. but here it is. The history very of it, defined. history of it, the structure of it is very defined, and very little has changed. Do you know what I mean? Like the the methods have changed, the names have changed. Like it's redlining now. It's, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. um, that's hilarious. But yeah, so like to me, like in other places, oh, past that but that's why I like New York, because New York you can find your people. <laughs> like yo, where I live in New York, I'm chilling. Like I love it. Like I live in a neighborhood that people be like, oh, it's a diverse neighborhood. It's just actually diverse. It's like Indian people, Mexican people, Dominican people, any, anybody's there, you know? And so for me, I love it, you know? Shout out, Manhattan Valley is the name of the neighborhood. It's not very famous, but, you know, we get down there. <laughs> we get down there. Come to, come to Columbus, Amsterdam Avenue, 107, 108th Street on the weekend. Yo, Papu will be blasting bachata. Like, yo, you'll have everyone smoking L's in the corner. It's like, it's comfy. It's, mm, it's, it's a it's an environment. It's like it's people play basketball. It's a kids vibe. In the playgrounds. It's a community. It's, it's a vibe. Nice. It's mad nice. Like I, I'm never leaving that fucking place, <laughs> unless I get a crib in like Colombia for the winter. <laughs> yes. You know the vibes. So, the last thing I want to get you out on here is your travel. You are a very well traveled man. I would for consider. Sure. Um, a few places I can remember you being to off the top: Colombia, Israel. Uh, Israel is a very interesting one because I was too young to understand. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, 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 dig, we'll dig maybe a little bit deeper yeah, later. But um, you been I'm, to where? I would love to talk about this with you. Where Honestly, else have you been in South America? I have shirt on for a reason. Give me this. Give me the South American countries. Have you been to Europe? I've been. Yeah, I've been to. I mean, it was Amsterdam. It was Amsterdam. Amsterdam, Loki. I didn't have a great time there because I didn't really know how to travel. And what was the yet. other? Co- been to France. Been to Spain. Russia, no, been to Ukraine, Ukraine, Italy, did a month in Italy, that was pretty lit. What was Ukraine like? Ukraine was starving. Like, <laughs> that place was, they like, Ukraine was like, I went to a market in Ukraine, like an open air market, and it was like some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. Just like people digging through piles of vegetables. 
but like not the same vegetable, just like random vegetables, <laughs> just like mad old ladies just trying to pick out a fucking carrot they liked. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is so unsanitary. This is before COVID, obviously, the open air markets. It's not a great thing. Anyway, but Ukraine was cool. People are mad poor there. It's like Paul Robeson talks about. You go around Europe and you see like most people are poor everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever been to Asia? Yes. You yeah, I've been to Japan. Japan was lit. I fuck with, I fuck with Japan. Yeah. What was that experience like? Oh, well, I had one of the craziest times of my life in Japan. I had you don't a, have to. We don't have to go into that necessarily, yeah. but that is, I mean, it's hard to separate it. You know, like. Well, can you dive in and without being, let's see how good of a storyteller you are. Dive in without diving in. Mm. Diving without diving in? Yeah. You know. So you were in Japan with a I was in person. Japan with a kind of girlfriend, you know what I mean? But it wasn't like thoroughly defined, you know, but she had, she lived in New York. I was dating. I was dating a little bit. Mm-hmm. She was the one who brought the shrooms. Hey. Really? Representing. <laughs> cool. Taught me a lot about life. Yeah, representing. And y'all had a situation. Bro, we had a situation. Bro, I can't even tell y'all you. Y'all had an emergency. Bro, I've never, which... That's the crazy day of my life. It's not close. Not close. <laughs> not even close. I did shrooms at work. That was like the 50th crazy day. This, I literally. What's was... it like going through an emergency in a foreign country? No, for real. It's one thing enough. Let me hit this first. For one, a language barrier is enough for me. When you're in Japan, my nigga, that's that sounds nothing like what you're talking about. Um, yeah, it was crazy, bro. Like, she had like some kind of um, like a. I still. It, it was a wild situation that basically she lost her mind in some fashion. I don't know if she, some she took some drugs or if she's had like a mental issue, and basically like. She was delirious and couldn't remember where she was, couldn't remember what she was doing, and was like OD freaking out, screaming everywhere. And what do you, like, she lost her mind. Like, that's the best way to put it. Like, I went to get some, I went to get something, I came back, and she was like drugged up, and then I had to take her to the hospital in Japan. And like, I didn't speak any Japanese, and people do not speak English there, like, really. I thought it was a lot more English. And so, yeah, like, I literally was like in the Tokyo emergency room for like five hours. And she was like waking up and going back to sleep, forgetting everything that had happened. And she like forgot she was in Japan every time. And I'd be like, "You're in Japan, calm down." That shit was wild, but not a good, not a not a well told story. There, you can cut that out. No, we keep it all. <laughs> yeah, we keep it that. You keep, I mean, you keep it if you want it. I say, of- I say cut it out because it might be boring. You went to Japan and a girl lost her mind on the trip. Yeah. Sounds good That's to me. For sure. South America, where have you been outside of Colombia? You've had some good experiences, but outside yeah. of there, where, where I went to Argentina, mm. um, Buenos Aires, and I went to this place called Iguazu Falls, which is like the Niagara Falls of South America. And like that shit was incredible. Like one night I went, you went I went like after dark. You're not supposed to go in the falls after dark, but you know, fuck it. I'm from New York. Like I was only there one night, and mm-hmm. it was closed. I'm like, I'm going in. So I went in, and then we... So me and my, mm-hmm. my ex, ex-girl were there. One of your exes. One of my exes. That's how life goes. I just like taking trips with people, you know? Okay. And, you know, it is what it is. You like Hispanic, Jones, or you like the... What's your type? Listen, I'm not... Well, finish telling your story. We can get to your yeah. woman type right, later. Right, right, right. 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 I was trying to get a little messy right quick, Jones. Those are the assists right there. This nigga Charles. This nigga Charles looks out. Motherfucking life jacket. Well played, too. Because I could have got messy. But, yeah, no, yo. And I went to... We got a... Randomly, long story short, basically, we got in trouble for being in the jungle after dark. And I didn't speak Spanish back then. I've learned it now. Um, and so basically, 
they were like mad at us. And they were like took our passports. They were like, yo, you're in trouble. Mm. I'm like, I have not been in many countries. I'm like, they took our passports. And suddenly I was freaked out. And then we sort of became friends with them. And then these two park rangers went from taking our passports to like being like, yo, you guys want to hang out tonight? But we didn't speak, I didn't speak Spanish. So they were like asking us shit in Spanish. And I was just like, see, si, see. Si. Cause I was like, this, they seem happy, so let's yeah. roll with it. And they took us in their van to the jungle in the middle of the night, and we walked through the jungle with the two park rangers, me and my girl. And they took us to the top of the waterfalls in pitch black with no one. And they were like taking out weed and taking out like the shit they drink called mate, which is like kind of like coffee. I don't know, it's tea. <laughs> they love that shit. And it was just the dopest shit. And like they didn't have to do that. Like they were just being mad cool. So that's, that's what I believe. I believe in the kindness of people, bro. Like. I really do. Like that's some real shit. You just got to figure out how to how the fuck to get to that kind core, and it's mad hard with some people. Um, where domestically? Because we were going I don't really like, fuck with America that much, to be honest. <laughs> God damn, white boy, have some respect. <laughs> it's America. I think it's boring, and is it's like hegemony. Do you know what I mean? Like every city's the fucking same. Like everyone just copies New York. Oh my god! But no, like, I, listen, I'm sure there's great shit in Chicago, but like, I want to experience different cultures. Going to Chicago is kind of different culture, but it's still like American culture. So for me, I have I don't know how many times I'll be able to go places. I want to go somewhere new. Like I really, I want. I know we talked about doing something in West Africa, mm-hmm. like hitting Accra, like Dakar. Like I would love to do that shit. North Africa. Like I know mm-hmm. I talked to you about. I'm going to Morocco. Yo, I desperately want to go to Morocco. <laughs> Like, to me, it's just the more you experience different cultures, the more you learn about different perspectives on life. And, like, because at the end of the day, like, like you know the Lauryn Hill Unplugged album? Mm-hmm. You know this? I love that shit. Some people say it's crazy. It's genius to me. She said one thing I always remember. She said, we're all in the same boat dealing with the same problems in terms of, like, existential life, right? We all live and die. That's the core thing that we all struggle with at the end of the day. And every culture has a different interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. And... We all sit up at night kind of scared, like, damn, what's going to happen? Or whatever. Or, you know, I'm going to die. And when you go to different places, I think you learn shit about life. And I don't know. I fuck with it. I'm trying to go as many places as I can before I die. <laughs> or I run out of money. Which I always reach out. I mean, knows how to get money. <laughs> oh, my last thing about <laughs> travel. He's a fact. Yeah, yeah, got to know how to get the money. My last thing about travel. You talked about being in Israel when you were too yes, young to understand. Yes. And yes. unpack that for me. Let's unpack birthright it. Trip. Yeah, birthright trip. So when I was 20, damn, I don't even know, young 20s. I don't know the exact age. I could look it up. I just can't remember the exact year. Um, it was like, there's. I always knew, like, if you were Jewish, you can go to Israel for free. Mm-hmm. I had not had a thorough political education. In fact, I had American political mm-hmm. education largely, you know? So I didn't really understand that Israel was a full-on apartheid state. Mm-hmm. Truly, you know? Which it clearly is. Israel is an apartheid state, said a Jew. Um, and uh, just know, I want you to know you got a call from the back off of that one. When you said that someone had a, just look, just like you know, a call from the back, a call from the oh, back. Oh yeah, yeah. Shoot, oh no, shoot, no, shoot. just know they bugged the line. Someone, someone heard you. Well, like, listen, like sometimes you gotta tell the truth. Anyway, so I was like, free trip to Israel. I was like, free trip. Like, I told you how hype I was when <laughs> I got $40,000 as my salary. Like, free trip. Like, th- I'm definitely a cheap Jew. Like, I definitely got that part of it. And I was like, free trip. I do not endorse any of these stereotypes. I can say these things. This is, I, you know, so. Um, so anyway, Holy I was like, let's shit. do it. So I went with my best friend. And he was he's half Jewish like me. But it's funny. Like, his fiance is Dominican. 
right? So like he he he's kind of he's like me, like he's um he's he's gotten it. He's mm. gotten it that like that like white American shit is like wrong and needs to change, mm. and he wants to be part of that change rather than just sitting in it. Um, so we went to Israel together with the white hegemony, of course, you know, mm. and uh, we were just having a free tri- like a free trip, get drunk, like kind of party type shit like get free everything was free like they just took you around and they just fucking lavish you with pro-israeli propaganda mm-hmm. right and they don't tell you anything about all the endless human rights abuses that are going on over this fucking barbed wire fence that you drive by where there are people there is a country jailed in mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. you know you know i know i know the shirt where's the shirt from um the, it's actually made. I don't know. It might be made in Palestine, but I know ship from Richmond, Texas. Okay, so, so it's Palestine. Palestine, yeah. Palestine. But yeah, so when I say I was too young, I didn't realize that that trip was just paid for, basically by this dude in Las Vegas, mm. Sheldon Adelstein, who's like one of the most evil motherfuckers of all time. Who is an ultimate billionaire? <laughs> I think he died. Did he die? I don't, I'm not sure. The estate, it's soon, all though. him. Like, remember, it's all but some the white evil, guy. Some evil guys like that live forever. You know, he's one of those old evil guys that has like $80 billion, the most racist, fucked up teeth, Sheldon. living forever. Racist teeth is a real thing. I don't yeah, know if you have racist teeth. teeth. I haven't seen a picture of you. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Hold on, can, let me see a picture of you. We got to show the Sheldon, if you have racist, we'll, we'll put them up we'll in the post. Yeah, yeah. If you have racist teeth, I'm sorry. That That's not oh, my... But this he, is an example of a guy who... This is an example... He died in two, uh, two, 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 yeah, yeah, he does. So this is an example of a guy who's Jewish and a white supremacist, which is something that is a nuance that people miss in this country. Not every Jew is a white supremacist, but being Jewish not, does, does not mean you are not. Yes, don't you can them, be. Don't they call them Zionists? Because you Zionists. are a Jew does not make you. Because let's, let's, in the white community, Jews are like the weird whites, but they still get to be in the white umbrella. You know, that's the that's the shit. So like, when a Jewish person wants to be like, oh, I'm discriminated against, it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, you get to walk in anywhere and be a white boy. Always, and that's the color line in this country. It's not a, it's not a religion line. It's a color line. All we're saying, just want to be very clear we with, back to Israel. with my people. I'm not saying that all Jews Damn, are white supremacists. Racist, racist face though. Yeah, racist patches for like, sure. Definitely racist uh, skin care. Yeah, for sure. Not all Jews yeah, are white supremacists, yeah, but white supremacists yeah, can be Jewish. That's all he's saying. That's he all I'm saying. He was definitely at the APAC. So that guy pays for the Israel trip. And so the reason you get to go for free is this dude who is, like, part of this evil white supremacy establishment in this country. He, like, funds Donald Trump. He funds all of these motherfuckers. Um, and he funds the Israel trip. Because you go there, and they basically try to convince you that Israel's great. Right? When, in fact, this shit is, like, Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Basically. For sure. Like, and they just do lynchings with tanks and bombs. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so when I was there, I just enjoyed it. And I was like, damn, like... There's something happening here that I was like, I just don't fully get. Like, it, when I grew up, it was like, oh, there's like a war. I was like, oh, it's a war. It's not a war. It's like Jim, It's like saying Jim Crow was a war between white people and black people in this country, you know? Um, it's just a misunderstanding of how it actually happened to call what's happening in Palestine and Israel a war. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's how nah, it No, I was going to stop, but now we got to keep going. No, let's go. This is, as, this is a good thing to talk As about. a person who And the comes, J's keep coming, bro. Like, bro, they're not stopping. It. Uh, from the Jewish lineage, I am very proud of my Jewish lineage. Though I'll tell you that, like no, my, you, Jew, you, my Jewish ancestors, their the life they lived in Russia, bro, was very similar to what Black people lived in here during like Jim Crow. 
like the pogroms in Russia, they would just go through and murder Jews in the streets in the 1890s. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, so if you're a white Jewish person here and you know that shit, how do you not empathize with the story of this country that you're part of? You know what I mean? In my mind, but it's because they're white and white supremacy is tempting. And it sucks to be blind. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask, how do you maybe, once you see that try, maybe not even to combat that, but force other people to say, hey, like you said, we're Jewish. We come from a lineage of people who have gone through these same sort of things. Why can't you understand in this country where you, where you kind of are fitting in? Well, I think there's two things to teach people that's important. One, I think you need to teach the real history of this country. Mm. Like, people don't understand how horrifically violent the, the, the his, just the last 50 years of this country is, you know? Nonetheless, last 100 years, you know? And when you learn wow. that, like, I think there's this weird thing where, like, white people find out racism exists every five years or every 10 years, you know? They're like, wow, there's racism here still? And, you know, it's just this delusion that white culture tries to create because then you don't have to change anything. So I think teaching the history is really important. You know, like, changing the history that's taught in school is important. I don't think... The only way we should learn about George Washington is learn about how he was a perpetrator of genocide and should be a shame of our country. Like, George Washington should be the example of what you should never be in this country. And it shouldn't be a complicated legacy. It should be very uncomplicated, right? <laughs> yeah, Hitler sure. does not have a complicated legacy in this country, no. right? Hitler is the guy that we're like, he's the bad one, right? When George Washington needed a tooth, that motherfucker put a human on the ground and ripped a tooth out of their mouth with pliers, no no pain, no Novocaine, nothing, and just was like, yeah, it looks like a good tooth. Mm-hmm. And that was a human that he imprisoned, that he probably raped their family members and imprisoned them for generations. You know what I mean? Like, that is just monstrous. And, like, we don't talk about slavery enough in this country. Like, I, I think, honestly, I think this country just needs to have truth-telling in a way that... Like, actual slavery, not the... Hollywood depiction of slavery. Yeah, like, I think there should be just, like, I think, to me, all the founding fathers gotta go, like, low-key, like, and we just talk about Jim Crow lynching, like, FDR, right? People talk about FDR, the, the New Deal. That motherfucker, lynching was going on all over this country when FDR is president. He was like, we gotta fight the Nazis. It's like, motherfucker, the Nazis are in upstate New York. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like, are in they wear hoods. In you know what I mean? Like, and they're in your backyard, and you're, you were the governor of New York. He didn't give a fuck. At all. You know what I mean? And so I think that's the conversation we have to have, have, have is that, like, that's this culture. It's not one of the racist places in the world. It's pretty much the most racist place in the world. Like, people didn't understand what chattel slavery was. It wasn't Greek slavery, you know? It wasn't Roman slavery. Mm. So I don't know. That's my perspective. That's why I think for us, like, I love thinking about how can we entertain people and teach them at the same time. Like, as the plug would say, he would say, enlighten and entertain. Mm-hmm. That's like this nexus that if you can hit that, you're doing something good and people enjoy it. So it's like double win. Huh. Still smack. What do you think it. about Israel? Um, for one, I don't call it that. That's a good, I, I would say. Um, I call it the occupying state of Israel. It's called Palestine, in my mind, will always be. Because that's what it was called up until 19, what? 30, 40, or something like that. So it's just like, I don't really got time for Israel. Um, it's America's little brother for real. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? It's America's military base in the Middle East. Like, yeah, I feel like that's, that's why it's always been funded and protected so sure. well. You know what I'm saying? And, and I guess business hub too. You know? Yeah, but because it's like they, they sell technology, build technology, make technology, all that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Close to Asia, China, all that. 
know what I'm saying? All that wild shit. But at the same so it's just like, I don't really, like, if low-key, if you honestly paying attention to what's going on in Israel right now, they're in turmoil. Because it's just like, they don't really have a prime minister right now. Like, their election keeps coming up in draws, even though both people are evil as fuck, and they're both, neither one should be able to run for a any political office because they're all war criminals. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? I think Israel is governed by the same basic principles as the United States. Oh, yeah, for Which sure. is white supremacy. It's, it's, just yeah, like, but like, it's just like, it's way more, it's way deeper though because like they, like the Zionist regime is just like, nah, like, fuck y'all. Like, and then like, they're very blatant with it. Like in America, they try to water it down. It's coded language, shit like that. Over there, when you actually like listen to what they say and then like read the transcripts and like it's their agendas and what they're talking about, like they're that's dehumanizing. Yep, Because yep. like it's no that's way you talking about Israel is like leading the world in vaccine shots and shit like that. But you got a whole country in Palestine where people are not well on the other side in the West Bank and these other camps and shit that you got <clears throat> that you have built cages around these people yeah. and taking their homes, destroying their homes, bombing them, and then rebuilding just so you can have uh, vacation homes and shit like that for wealthy Europeans and Americans. Well, that's, there's two things, there's two things about like, Israel that bother me the most. Like, I would say, and I agree with, like, everything you said. The one thing I would say bothers me so much is when people say you're anti-Semitic to say something bad about Israel. Yeah, it is the most ridiculous true. fucking thing. That's not true. And then the other piece is to call people Israeli as like a nationality. Yeah, you're not from there. Like, like my family is Russian Jews. Yeah. Most of the people in Israel are Russian Jews. For sure. You know, so like, like, you're no, you're still a Russian Jew. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, you have yeah. your own history, and it and it has its validity. But like, you don't just get to move somewhere and be like, make up a new thing where people already live. Yeah, you're like you're Slavic or you're Black. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Listen, man. Just remember to attack this guy when you have you all, come your, me. I'm ready. all your inquiries about why they said all these things. As long as you have that energy. Seth Rogen already cleared the way. Yeah, that's remember all, Seth yeah, Rogen was like, Israel war crimes. He's right. What is it? Free but Palestine, man. I'm nobody, so it's straight. I'm definitely a free <laughs> Palestine guy, so. Oh, for sure. That's, those, are, those are my partners in there. Um, any last things? Uh, oh, how this do, do, do you want the people to contact you? Do you want people do to? I want be, people to contact me. You know, people might see this and be like, "Yo, the white boy was spitting that real." I don't really want people to contact me. I mean, I mean, like in what way? <laughs> do you want them to follow you on Twitter? That type of shit. I mean, Instagram. Not really, unless they're like my friend, or they're Damn. like friends of a friend. I'm just like. He said, "Y'all not getting none of these jokes." No, 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 no. Like if if you know me, I like it. Like then we're then like. But I'm saying, all right, I like to have it organically. Like right, I'm, not, right, I'm not trying to get social media clout. No, like, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you you sat here, you you came oh, here and yeah, talked yeah, some I shit. Can, I can say, yeah. So somebody was like, okay, that's, wow. fair, "That's fair. That's fair." White I'm, homie was. What, I'm about to say white 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 me. homie was out here spitting that real, bro. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm so I changed, I changed my answer. I it. Shut up. You, you, you got feeling the white <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what you're trying to sell right now. Everybody was feeling it, but but apparently. White homie was spitting that real. Bro, bro. Don't, don't make Dr. Umar like, come here, bro. Like, like, no, no, it's not the fact that he said that. It's just the fact that how he worded it. Like, cause I felt you, you were spitting that real white shit. Homie. But white homie was spitting that real. Charles, no, we are not gonna word things like that. That's what I'm saying. You gotta edit the podcast, bro. <laughs> I'll edit, I'll edit the first one free. It will, it will, yo, it will sing. I'm dead we ass really about that. can't do the white homie. Because I really felt like that's a great, like, never mind. Nonetheless, <laughs> B-Borgs. B-Morgs. 
What's the, what's the? I don't know. Let me look. I can't remember what it was. Come on, Dad. It, you... used to, it used to be like my full name, and I was like, that's kind of not a good idea. Stop <laughs> between some wild shit sometimes. <laughs> Bmorgs27. Bmorgs27. <laughs> follow the man. Only on Twitter. Don't follow me on Instagram. That's just for my friends. Follow Please him on Twitter. Please let me live my life. Not on Instagram. That's where he I just. That's where he gets it in. He does not need. Whoa, whoa, I said get it. I said I said share with my friends. <laughs> Why are you? Where you twisted? Get it in. See? See? What is this? What? Is, you gotta embrace it, bro. You think you know somebody? I'm only trying to make you guys stars. Who called you and said, listen? Who called you and said, listen when when the Oracle calls? You did. You okay. did. When okay. the words of Betty Benjamin, you can't keep giving. Uh, I was going to do something else. But never mind. Um, one last thing we do. You gotta look into the oh, camera. I remember I heard this and I was like, I don't have anything good to say. Well, okay. Damn, okay, let me try to think. I don't even know what the question is. You, got, you got, question. got like 30 seconds. So all right, all right, let's think. What you're gonna do is you're gonna look into that camera. There's nothing to do oh, with it's what, it's what they know about you, Come right? Come on, relax. See, that's the problem. <laughs> you're too jumpy. Very calm, that's behavior. Look into the camera. When asked. That's the most shaming thing you could say to exactly. me. I'm just like, damn. Exactly. I, I don't wanna it. be a calm. Exactly. I don't, I don't wanna be the other thing. Exactly. I don't, I don't hurt myself. <laughs> Yo, I don't know why we spoke like six joints today, bro. Bro, you're gonna look into the camera and you're gonna tell the people, all the fans, both yours and ours. Yo, can you overdose on weed? No. Okay. Both yours and ours across I don't have the world. Fans. One thing or something they need to know about you. Damn. Or you want them to know about you. My heart's in a good place. I like that. You hear that? That's like the simplest shit I can say. His heart's in a good place. Yeah. It's all right. Remember that, people. Hearts in a fair place. Love to see